Hello and Happy New Year everyone and welcome to Pure Dead PlayStation. I'm your host Oni and this week's episode will be nice and light. We'll be looking at the year ahead and discussing some of our most anticipated games coming to PlayStation. From Helldivers 2 to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Avowed and Indiana Jones. As usual though, I need some guests to do this. Once again, I welcome Luke Steele to the podcast. And hold the press. Can you believe it? The godfather of pure dead gaming. Known in some circles as Greg, known in others, hey, you in the bushes. And of course, you all know him as pure dead Craig. Welcome, Craig. Thank you for joining us as well. You would never fucking see me coming from the bushes, by the way. <laughs> I'm a ninja. That's usually how it works. <laughs> it's my MO. <laughs> how are you both doing? Happy New Year, by the way. I know, I've been waiting 11, I've been waiting 11 days for you to say Happy New Year. Unbelievable. How, how long do you say that for? Like, is, is two weeks plenty? Is it until you see someone for the first time? You know, when, when do we stop saying Happy New Year? I think after a week. Yeah. A week's Start a bit a week. light. A week's a bit light. Maybe, but Isn't I it? don't know. I, I remember talking to someone and they said, I say Happy New Year to someone until they get the hang of writing the new year. So see, when they're writing down a date, once they get the hang of writing the new year, then they stop wishing people a happy new year. And I was like, so March or something then? (laughs) 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 Fuck that. God, yeah. Did you both have a a nice festive? Did you get much gaming done? Uh, Yeah, I got got quite a bit. I had to work uh, a little bit in between as well, which was a bit annoying. Mm. Um, But uh, yeah, I think I got, I mean, I, I kind of put, put down a list for myself you know as i was coming into the break yes to be like these are the things that i will finish it's it's mostly backlog stuff right it was like i'll I'll finish these things and i only got through like two of the eight things that i put down (laughs) which is a bit it was a bit poor really uh because you just can't be fucked like by that point you just kind of you know you just don't want to do much which is nice but uh, so yeah, I got through a few well, things. Well, last time you were on, you said that you were saving Baldur's Gate 3 for Christmas. Did you stick to that? Yeah. or uh, I didn't stick to that. Now, well, I, I tell a lie, I kind of stuck to it, but then also didn't in that I did start the game. Okay. Uh, but I only played about 20 minutes and then I was like, right, hang on. Because I'd kind of, I kind of gone over my list, right, to play Baldur's Gate. I wanted to get through a few things before I started it. Um, but I ignored that and started it anyway. And then I kind of stopped myself and just went, right, this is going to be a massive game. I can tell from the first 20 minutes that this is going to be really big. Yes. So um, I then went back to finish a few things off. Um, so like Dead Space Remake, which I hadn't finished amazingly. Um, and then um, I still haven't picked Baldur's Gate back up, even though it's like the thing I want to pick up. So um I will do it, but probably not until 2029 at this point or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I um, I rolled the credits on it. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I did. Um, after how many hundred, how many hours did that 110. take? 110. Wow. Yeah. And then I immediately restarted a new game and I'm kind nice. of about 40% through it. That good, I'm just, eh? Yeah, I'm just obsessed. Yeah. I could, I could happily just keep... Play. Do, you know, do you know the worst thing is, Craig, is that like I'm playing it for a second time and <laughs> y- 
you you can you can play this game a hundred different ways. You can play it a good way, and you can do the varying things. You can, you can go on an evil streak, and you can do lots of different relationships. I'm almost playing it the same way because I, I love the experience so much. It's like I just want to I just want to do it again. And it's like I could easily choose to do things differently, but I'm fucking not. I've because, done that so many times where like I go to play a game again and I'm like, right, I'll experience it a different way. But then you, yeah. you you have such a connection to the way you played it that first time that you just yes. end up reverting back to sort. Yeah. Like I, I could like my character I, I could easily mate with any one of you know the other eight characters. You know, I could shag who I wanted to, build a relationship with who I want, but That's not very I realistic. want the same person. Yeah, well <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> you know, like but I want to stick with the same one I did last time just because their character arc was so amazing. I'm like, I just want to do it again. So, yeah. I, I changed, obviously, my, 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 my character and my build. I've not gone for the same sort of type of character and stuff again, but I'm essentially doing the same thing again, and it's just, it's so fucking good. Um, yeah, and it's kind of eating into, I need, I need to play Crisis Core um, before Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, so I'm going to have to come off at some point, but I just can't. Yeah. I got weirdly sidetracked as well because I um I plan to play a lot of different things and then I um I really wanted to play I don't know why I really wanted to play Uncharted Four. Nice. Um which I which I've got on, on PS5 obviously, but um I haven't really dabbled in any of the PlayStation games on, on Steam. So I was like actually I you know, there was there was a sale on, so I was like I'll I'll double dip for the mm. first time probably. Um, to play it on PC and see what that's like. And I ended up playing about half of the game on the Steam Deck, mm-hmm. um, which is just a wild experience, you know. Yeah. Um, did it run well? If you did. Yeah, <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah, it runs. Um, you can get it at native resolution with, with no upscaling at like medium settings, which is roughly equivalent to PlayStation 5 or PlayStation kind of 4 Pro mm. um, nice. at, at lot 30 FPS. Which for a handheld is is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, if you uncap it, you can get near enough to sixty if you drop some settings, um, but that obviously runs the battery life down. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just I mean such a great game, and also I've I've got the Steam Deck OLED, so it just looks really good. Oh, nice, on, um, nice. on that screen. Yeah. Um, well, speaking uh, of side, oh sorry, yeah, go. No, 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 no. I was, was going to say, speaking of of sidetracked, if anyone got sidetracked over Christmas, it was fucking Craig. You you went back to Gotham City. You you took a time machine back to Gotham City. Yeah, I, I do that most Christmases. Like, I just because there's no new releases coming out, I like I like to go back and play a couple of old games. So yeah, I went through Platinum Arkham's Asylum. And then up, up until a couple of days ago, I was playing um, Bioshock again, which I don't actually know if I'm going to get to finish now because in the last like three days, I've just codes just fallen into my email, which has reminded me that, oh, you actually have to cover new games. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to sidetrack me a bit, I think. But <laughs> it's been good. It's been good going back. I, I, like, I, I mean, don't be wrong. I'd probably play Arkham Asylum on average about once a year. Hmm. I would say maybe once every two years at most. Um, but yeah, it was good to go back to it. Ah, good, good. Did either of you set any gaming resolutions for the year? No, no. No, um, no. I mean, internally, I'd like to finish more games. But <laughs> yeah, we, we always say that. Whether that's going to happen. We always say yeah, that. yeah. Um, I think that'll be an easier yeah, thing no. to do in 2024, though. I, I think... 2023, yeah. I, 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 don't be wrong. I think 2024 is going to be a good year for games, 
But I think certainly for myself, there was there was so many good games that just came out of nowhere as well and just kept getting in the way. And I don't think that's going to happen as much. I don't think... Like, I remember going through a streak of there was a game that came out that I thought was excellent every week for about 13 weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, where are these fucking games coming from? Like, games yeah. that I didn't weren't even on my radar at all. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen as much this year. Although I think it will still be mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I actually I actually did set myself one and I kind of briefly spoke about it on our Discord and I've and I've decided that I'm going to try my best to not let my FOMO take over. And what I mean by that is, is that mm. I'm, I'm really bad at always thinking you've got to buy a game day one. And yeah. I think one thing that the last especially 12 months but 18 months has shown us is that unless it's a game that you you know, you can't wait to get like, you know, a Spider-Man 2 or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, you don't have to get it day one. And if you've got, you know, if you're midway through a game or even two games, as you know, we don't always finish our games, you don't have to add a third one today. It can wait two weeks, it can wait a month, it can wait six months. You don't always have to be day and date just for this, just for the sake of it. Especially, Especially if you've got so much to play. After like three Correct. weeks. Yeah, and especially when you've got so much to play. Like, I've, even without 2024's releases, even if I stop playing Baldur's Gate 3, I've got a backlog that could probably last me four months, mm-hmm. if not more. Right. You know, and I feel as though, like, I was really bad last year, just have to get day one, have to get day one. And I've been like that for years, to be fair. And that's for me, just to calm, not, I'm not, I'm saying I'm never going to buy day one again. Not, I'm not suggesting that for a second, but just calm it a little bit when I don't need to buy day one because I'm midway through a game. Just let it lie a little bit. That's for me, just, you know, for a personal one. Yeah, it's not going to get any more expensive yeah, as well, so. There's that, there's that, yeah, yeah. But ah, I think sometimes we can all be a little bit bad for that, can't we? But, you know. Yeah. We like what we like. <laughs> Did I tell you, though, so I bought a DualSense Edge? Oh, hell. I treated, nice. I treated myself to an Edge. I had some vouchers over, and I've been wanting one for since they came out, but I could never justify the cost uh, of edge. outlaying 200 quid, you know? Um, so I thought, well, I'll bank some vouchers and stuff, and then I treated myself last week. Um, fucking great back kit. Really, really good back kit. The first thing you notice is, like, the build quality, the weight of it is, is superb. Mm. Um, I, I think the Dual Sense is a magnificent control. It's probably about for me, probably the second best control ever made behind the behind the, the original SNES. And so the Dual Sense is right up there for me. And this thing is is even better. It is superb. Um, I've probably only used it about ten hours so far. It's really, it's not something. You, it's really difficult to get used to. It's hard to explain it. It's not just like picking up. You know, any one of us could pick up any controller and play it for the most part. But this. It takes a bit of time to get used to, especially when you're adjusting triggers, you're putting back buttons in. It's going to take a bit of time to get used to. Um, but so far, I'm really, really impressed. Really like it. I can nice. see why. I can see why people kind of fawn over these these pro controllers, you know. I yeah. do kind of get it. I never used to get mm. it before, but now I kind of get it. And Callum's always mm. saying, he's always saying about how, how good um, back buttons are, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I'm kind of starting to believe myself. I think I'd said before, like the only pro controller that I've ever really bought was the scuff controller for the PS4, and as one of the best controllers I've ever used. Like it's, it's 
shape is slightly different. It's almost it's got the PlayStation layout, but it's it's like almost like a hybrid between the shape of an Xbox controller and a PlayStation controller. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's excellent. It's absolutely brilliant. It just it's got a really nice feel to it. It's got nice grip everything about it um but yeah. I, I i sort of gave up with the back buttons like i should have maybe gave it more time but i just they're like i don't know if it's the same on the edge but you can remove them if you want and i yes. do still i do still have them on but i just got to the point where i, I didn't use them but i don't think i gave it enough time to be fair i just ah. sort of early doors was like ah, i'm fine yeah, well, the edge you yeah. can obviously remove them. You've got uh, you've got two different types of back button. You've got like a bar, and then you've just got a button. I've got it set as a bar because I actually, I actually hold my controller quite weird around the rear. Hey, hey, matron. Um, the way I actually hold it, it's, it's quite awkward. So a button wouldn't work for me. So I actually kind of need the bar, and it's and it's really really good. It's it's perfectly yeah. placed. It kind of caters for. I'm assuming most people's finger positions. <laughs> hey, there we go again. Um, so so it's, uh, sorry, yeah, so the bar. see on the edge controller. Is it one back button or is it left and right or two? Each side, right? Okay. So I, you can set you can you can set those back buttons to any button you want. So at the moment, I've got it set as the X button. So like, if I'm playing a shooter, if I'm playing like Fortnite, I can use X to jump, or I can use the right back button to jump. And by using the right back button to jump, I can then also turn the camera because that's your limitation without a back button. You can't control your jump and your camera because you both because you've only got one thumb, unless you claw grip. You can't do that. So that's where right. the back button with a jump comes in handy. When I get a bit more used to it, I might then set the left back button as maybe maybe sprint or something, just to yeah. maybe, but yeah. I'm right. just one step uh, at a time. That, that's one step at a time. That's different then, because I had a scuff controller, so it's got like four, like it's almost like, um, they're almost like sticks that come down into buttons at the bottom. Uh, yes. And they, co- they automatically correspond to the four face buttons. And you can like, uh, you, but you can then remap them to whatever you wanted. But I, I yes. just kind of found that a bit overwhelming. But yeah, like I said, I, never, I don't think I gave it enough time. I, I, I probably wouldn't have the dexterity to do four, to be honest. I, I'm no, just doing one was, at the moment. That's it for me, one just now, and I might venture out to two. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Have you, have you even got one, Luke? Have you? Have you used one? No. no. Um, I, I do have the, um, I've got two, um, Elite controllers. Oh yeah. Um, Do they still work? I use. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I had three elite <laughs> controllers. Um, the first one I ever got um, had that. Uh, what happened to that one? Actually, it um, it had uh, it. Oh, it had the typical problem that those did, which is the the rubber start to peel away on the grip, which was really annoying. And then actually, I think the left stick went as in it started to drift. Um, uh, since then, the two I've got do work, although one of them, the older one, has a sort of really soft left thumbstick click, mm. which is w- doesn't sound annoying, but it is really annoying. I can imagine. <laughs> um, uh, and then I the for the one I've got in front of me is um, I, it's in great condition, and that's the one I use for uh, if I'm playing on PC. Um, uh, well, everything except shooters, basically. Okay. Um, so I, I do like them, but funnily enough, I, I'm also not re. I don't really use them. You know, use the full feature set of them. Hmm. Um, 
in terms of back buttons, etc. I'm not, I'm not, I've never really used them that much. I do use them a bit, but not that much. Uh, but mm. the, the edge looks really cool. I've been tempted by that at least like seven times. So yeah. I probably, it's a, it's, probably I mean, I must admit, it's a great bit of kit. I'm, I'm really impressed early days, but I can only assume yeah. that I'm going to love it. There's no, there's absolutely yeah. no reason not to. And so far battery seems okay. I've, I've done two, yeah. like three hour sessions on Fortnite, and there's still been just over half the battery remaining. So it's kind of averaging probably five, yeah. six hours, which in a shooter, it's pretty fucking good. I'll take that. You I'm know, just, I just like a, a black version. That's all. Mm. Just um, you yeah. know, I there's, prefer, prob- there's bound that. to be there's bound to be colors coming. You'd think certainly black. Yeah, anyway. you would think so. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. All right, um, guys. There's a couple of light bits of news to talk about, um, and then we're going to jump into some of the stories that have been making the rounds in the last couple of weeks or the last couple of days, which is potentially Xbox games coming to PlayStation. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Ah, uh, we're going to talk about what we're excited for in 2024, what games we're excited for, and what we want to see from PlayStation this year. Which I know, Craig, you're bound to have lots to say about communication. I'm sure. Yes, anyway, moving on. First piece of light news comes from VGC, which is Steam Pages will now disclose which games use AI-generated content. Sorry, AI-generated content. Valve has published new guidelines for developers looking to release games on the platform, including new rules regarding the use of AI-generated content, specifically targeting copyright infringement material. A post on Steam reads, We are updating the content survey that developers must fill out when submitting to Steam. The survey now includes a new AI disclosure section where you'll need to describe how you are using AI in the development and execution of your game. As part of these guidelines, Valve says it will separate AI into two broad categories. The two categories as listed are number one, pre-generated, which means any kind of content, art, code, sound, etc., created with the help of AI tools during development. And number two, live generated, which is any kind of content created with the help of AI tools while the game is running. Valve says it will use these to disclose as much as it can onto Steam pages, allowing players to make informed purchases decision when it comes to content that may use AI. I mean, look, I'll, I'll come to you first, Craig, obviously you, you've spoken a bit about AI, so we'll, we'll kind of come to you last. Um, I've got my feelings on this and kind of seen some of the comments overnight, clearly a lot of voice actors do as well, so um, kind of what, where's, where's, where's your head at, Luke, in terms of AI in gaming and kind of going forward? Because whether we like it or not, which I don't and I'll kind of yeah. come with my feelings. It's here and it's massive, and it's going to become more prominent. So yeah, take it away. Yeah, I think I think that's well, that kind of broadly underpins my feeling on it. In that um, there's not really too much that can be done about it at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's it's you know, it's going to ramp up in terms of usage in gaming in particular before it starts to ramp down slightly and we get a kind of decent-ish middle ground. Um, uh i can't say i'm a fan of it uh really um i think mainly just from the you know the voice actor side um yes. i think that's probably where it could cause the most harm but it could cause harm in a lot of other ways as well just in terms of gaming creativity generally you know i mean it's a, it's a, it's an art form really and and art is defined i think by humanity more than anything yep. so as to have um to have some kind of non-human interface with that i just don't don't particularly like i'm not saying that um it couldn't be used for some really interesting stuff because it, it could 
uh, and it will be, but I think there's a there's a limit um, to to what I'd like. You know, I, I like my AI in like uh, you know in DLSS on PC. You know, it just helps. You know, uh, get get an image up to 4K. You know, a very technical point um, whilst in running at a lower internal resolution. Right, that's that's a really great use of machine learning and AI. Me, um, me, me, and Craig will take your word for that. You lost us at DLSS, yeah. but it's fine. You, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Just, just imagine really good checkerboard rendering from the PlayStation Four era. It's a okay. bit like that. Cool. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, in, in that kind of co- um, context, it's it's very cool, and how it's been used is really beneficial to to everyone um, in that space. But um, as a form of creative input on games, I, I don't. I don't like it at all. Um, so I think actually what, what Valve are doing on this is, is actually really cool. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite um, forward thinking uh, in terms of actually, you know, trying to, f- first of all, filter out content that is AI generated to the extent that it copyright infringes, which I think actually would be, might be inadvertently quite easy to do. Yes. Uh, depending on, on certain things. And then others, I think, um it gives players a choice then if they want to support a product that has had some ai input um which i think is really cool because ultimately i think i don't want begrudge people who would you know want to buy products with um that have been made um, yeah, if you if you're, with, if you're choosing if, if you yeah, do that's it, your choice that's isn't it yeah yeah um but i think it, it is important that we um that it's very um, transparent about what games on Steam are, are doing. So I think this is a really good feature. I'd be interested to see if um, that's brought over, um, you know, to to platform holders as well, if Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo so. yeah, start doing so. this sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess that's yeah my broad thoughts on it, really. Yeah. I think it's um, interesting technology, particularly for gaming, but I can't say I'm a huge, huge fan. Yeah. Craig? Yeah, echo kind of the same thoughts. Like, I do think that AI can have good use uh, being implemented into games, but the problem is that there's money people behind this and Mm. it's impossible for them to look at this and not go, we can use this to save money. We're in in a state in the world just now where every large company is trying to save money and it's happening at a time where AI is just rising and rising in stock. And, I mean, like, I don't agree with it, but you think you put yourself in that position and you say, like, this could literally cut our budget in half. And it's very difficult at that point not to make that decision. And the sad thing is that it will negatively impact the quality of games because AIs can be very good, but it's not a one-to-one replacement for a, someone that is good at their job. No. And it will have negative impacts, but there will be a lot of teams that go, we're willing to take that hit. And like Luke said, I think there'll be a severe rise in it. I think there'll be a backlash and I think it will come down and it will sort of level off at an acceptable rate. Um, and I, but the, yep. the problem is I think that that acceptable limit will be higher than what we would like. In yeah. a way, you could almost liken yeah. it to the... Oh, what were they called? They fucked off now. The stupid 
JPEG images that were worth millions of clips. Oh, what NFTs. Again? Yes. Yeah, NFTs, yeah. Yeah, they came and went, but they have, Thank fuck. To the, for the most part, almost disappeared. I feel like this is going to have that sort of rise and it's going to have a similar sort of outrage, and it, but it's not going to go away because no. it's saving yeah. too much money for too many people. Yeah. And obviously now you're a massive fan of the Donny having uh, now you're into the images. <laughs> it just sums up, doesn't it? You yeah, know? that was that was um, a fucking new turn and a half. That's a perfect image that kind of sums up AI. Yeah, I mean, I've I, I've got my issues with it, and I, I kind of put it, I kind of put AI into two categories when it comes to gaming, which is the creative side and then the sort of then the sort of non-creative side. I suppose is kind of how I'm putting it. And what I mean by that is if you've if you've got AI that's that's helping to quickly generate backgrounds and building designs in a game and it's maybe creating numerous different assets that go into games and maybe like it's creating walking NPCs that you can't interact with down the street to create obviously like you know, like you know like people walking in the street in Spider-Man 2 for example that is fine and that already happens whether you like it or not that is already prominent in some games now what that is doing is already there and that is fine where I draw the line is the what I call the creative side, which is your designing of people, your writing, your voice, your main areas of look. You use the word best art, and AI can AI can't create art. AI can replicate other people's work, but it can't create yeah. it. If you ask, you know, if you ask AI right now to write you a two thousand word uh, positive review on uh, Prince of Persia. The reviews came out three hours ago as we were recording. It can do that because it will read, I don't know, a hundred reviews instantly and it will just generate an opinion based on the averages of those positive reviews that it's instantly read and it will churn it out. But the AI hasn't played Prince of Persia to know that game is good. It's telling you it is because it's reading other people's work. And the minute we take that out of video games, you've lost your heart and you've lost your soul. You're fucking, you're, you're not playing someone's game anymore. And I can tell you right now that I'll use an extreme example that if Spider-Man 3 comes out and Insomniac announced we've paid off half the studio and all the voice, we've, we've paid off all the voice actors, you know, Yuri Lewenthal and that, and we're using all their voices from one and two, we're procedurally generating it with AI, they've not actually recorded it, and all the lines of dialogue were written by AI and all our writers are, are gone, they're now working elsewhere, I would fucking not buy that game. No matter how good I think the game will be, I would not be touching that game with a barge bowl. Just play Spider-Man 2 again. Exactly. You already have. <laughs> yeah, just play something else. I would not be buying that game. I can tell you right now. That's kind of, so that's, that's my extreme stance on it. Um, that's the thing. I, I think yeah. everyone will have their different tipping point. Um, yeah. And I think there will be a case where I think people will have to get burned before the sort of they find their limit like i used an example thinking the discord maybe a couple of months ago like one of my favorite games ever is grim fandango we are not getting another grim <laughs> fandango but we could if they if they could they could potentially put it together through ai now they could tell me this game's made through ai it's a sequel to grim fandango i'm buying that because i'm like this is the only chance i've fucking got of getting this and i know it's going to be shite and i know i'm going to be disappointed and i know i'm going to learn a lesson from it but i'm still going to buy it <laughs> but I think you're going to. I think there is going to be people that are going to need to almost experience what. Like I don't know about you guys, but right. See if I go on. There's so many articles you read now 
that's done by AI. And I mm-hmm. feel like I can always tell. Like I go in and one of the telltale signs is that they mention the subject matter in almost every second sentence. AI automatically does that. Like see what you're saying about the idea of like a review. If you tell yeah. AI to write you a review of Prince of Persia, it will write the words Prince of Persia about 30 times in 500 <laughs> right. words. It just automatically okay. does it. Right. Um but yeah, just one other thing. See when you were saying about um, about it coming to Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch, mm-hmm. I wouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> I, don't, I think <laughs> see, see Steam. It's just it's not something I use that often, but it's so far ahead in terms of yeah. every game having its own forum, having its own like that, yeah. like yeah. walkthrough sections. Like they're so far ahead of yeah. Like you go into the fucking PlayStation Store and you type the exact name of a game. And all of a sudden, you're getting DLC for a PlayStation 3 game that's coming up first instead. And you're like, how <laughs> How is that store diffic- so bad? I know. You're like, how diffic- I've typed the exact name of the game, <sighs> and now I'm scrolling through a hundred fucking DLCs before the game comes up. And Xbox yep. does it as well. And the Switch stores are... Switch store, actually, the search function isn't terrible, but the Switch store itself is an abomination. And especially yeah. on a web browser, it's even worse. Like yeah. Steam, it's just fair, it's all, so three, far all ahead. three of them are terrible. All three of them are yeah. fucking terrible. Try to na- try to navigate the PlayStation Store. I'm mean, trying to navigate the Xbox Store, the Xbox Game Pass. Oh, it's, both of them are fucking hideous. How that? How? How? I'll never know. Considering yeah. how fucking big they are, how much money's at stake, it's mental. Yeah, you're right. Whereas Steam, even everything from the reviews, everything's so far. It's so much more consumer friendly, isn't it? Yeah, I'd love. I'd love other like platforms to adopt this but you, you look at it so, and you go oh, there's so much stuff they need to they need to borrow from steam first before they get yeah, to that yeah the difference is steam's got nothing riding on ai sony and xbox will be using ai they've <sighs> got more they've got more to lose steam's got nothing to lose they're not they're not they're not a developer that's true because so, then sony and um, microsoft and stuff like that they would have to sort of out their first party studios d- yeah yeah exactly yeah half of factions actually got actually got saved by ai hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, not a good look no well we've, we've, we've put the worlds to AI to write there we are gents so, you know <laughs> um, next up I've actually got a positive news story about PS Plus who the fuck would have thought huh people on the base PS Plus tier library can now add some really good games in January they're already there you can add them now you don't have to download them but A Plague Tale Requiem Evil West and Nobody Saves the World are already on there for your base tier. Announced yesterday as we record, extra and premium members can soon add Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Resident Evil 2 Remake and Shipbreaker to name just three. Premium members can also enjoy Legend of Mana and Secret of Mana being added to their classic catalogues. No doubt a bit of marketing drive before the release of Visions of Mana slated for 2024. A decent month for PS Plus. It's not often we get to say that, boys. And that's across both or all three tiers, we could call it. Um, aye. A sign of things to come, or a one-off? Who knows? Probably a one-off, but it's a good month. <laughs> yeah, probably. Very good it's month. It's fucking great. Aye, I mean, the, the, the three from the, the bottom tier, I think that's an excellent month. And there's a lot of, I was saying when I recorded yesterday as well, there's a lot of underrated games on the extra tier as well. Uh, it kind of flew under the radar, but Vampire the Masquerade's one song is a really, ah, you love really that, good game. Yeah. Brilliant game. It's, it, I'm very much in the style of the likes of um, Quantic Dreams games. 
Um, with okay. different different upgrades, different paths you can take, conversations. Really, really good. I really liked it. Yeah. Anything there for you, Luke? Uh, not for me, if only because uh, I've played most of the ones on there. So um, it's always the downside, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, if you're coming to it fresh, then it's a really great month. I mean, you know, Resident Evil Two particularly, I think is is fantastic. I think it's the best remake that's um, ever been made. To be honest, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's def- yeah. definitely up there. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the, the, there's others as well, but um yeah just i don't know i saw that uh i saw that premium classics has uh episode one the phantom menace uh the, the old star, star wars <laughs> yeah. game on ps1 which i think's maybe the pick for me just in terms of shit nostalgia so yes. maybe i'll just download that but, yeah, just uh, but yeah but great great month um and and you know the the uh extra tier in particular um really good really yeah, good underlying shine, content yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna kinda of cannibalize. I'm sure PS plus will come up when we speak about sort of the year ahead, but um let's move on to the next talking point, which obviously has had the Twitter world going a little bit mental the last few days. So um is there a situation where Xbox games might be coming to PlayStation and possibly Switch, but we're here to talk about PlayStation today. So, um, over the last few days, rumors have began to swirl that Microsoft is once again exploring bringing first-party Xbox games to competing platforms. For anyone keeping notice, it wouldn't be without precedent. So says Jez Corden over on Windows Central. A few days ago, Nate the Hate suggested on his podcast that a quote acclaimed game of the year worthy Xbox exclusive will become imminently available on a competing console platform. Nate has a good track record for accuracy in the past, which created a groundswell of speculation over what the game could possibly be, Jez writes. He goes on further to say, these sort of rumours started landing in my lap ever since Xbox CFO Tim Stewart mentioned during a Wells Fargo investors meeting that Xbox will be bringing more of its games to competing platforms. In addition, Sorry, in addition to Xbox Game Pass itself, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer later denied that Xbox Game Pass is slated for other platforms. Forum user Loli backed up claims recently in a reply to a commentator saying Hi-Fi Rush available on Nintendo Switch. I'll bet. Loli replied, and you'll win. The poster in question also has a strong track record for accurate information, particularly pertaining to Microsoft's collaboration with Atlas on Persona and Xbox Game Pass. The same user has now clarified that they believe Hi-Fi Rush may be coming to PlayStation and not Nintendo Switch, as was previously rumoured. On the back of speculation speculation suggesting Microsoft exclusive Hi-Fi Rush could be ported, Giant Bomb journalist Jeff Grubb and Serial Shit Thrower has claimed Sea of Thieves from Rare might also be jumping ship to Sony's system. Jumping ship, do you get that? Speaking on his daily Game Mess morning show, Grubb explained that he assumed the first suggestions of Xbox games coming to other systems were about Sea of Thieves, and that is what sources had told him was happening. He speculates this may be part of Microsoft having a quote rejigger of its strategy and quote all of this stuff is happening a lot there a lot of rumors we're going to for the basis of of a podcast and the basis of discussion we're going to assume that these rumors are true Um, and i am a believer in there's no smoke without fire as well so luke i'm going to come to you first why on the assumption this is happening yeah why is it happening uh I think it's happening because uh, 
Microsoft like money, as <laughs> as do as do most big corporations. Um, yeah, I think um, assuming this is happening, I I I don't think it's going to be an instant. You know, everything a whole slate of our games are coming to X X Y or Z, right? Sure. I think it's going to be quite targeted in much the same way that initially you know when playstation were putting games on pc it was very targeted now it seems to be a bit more consistent and even then you know it's still not quite you know uh what you'd expect but i, I think um i don't know for, for games that you know the, one of the rumored games is hi-fi rush right yeah which is a really great game um but a year on from release is it you know it's on game pass it's on everything else is it going to churn up much in terms of sales probably not no even though it's critically acclaimed um the cost of a port would be pretty low for that sort of game so you know putting it on another platform even if it didn't sell that well on playstation let's say i'm sure it would still probably turn a profit Yes. So, um, and it gets more exposure to that IP. Um, and it's, I don't think it's the case that, you know, Microsoft are aiming to bring players over for, you know, potential sequels or anything like that. I don't think that's the play. I think the play is simply that um, there is a, a game that they look at and go, this has potential to do decently on another platform and make us a bit more money. And that's yeah. all we really care about. Um, yeah. So I could see that service games, I'm surprised, to be honest, you know, Sea of Thieves, et cetera, um, that they haven't already made their way to other platforms. But, I mean, Microsoft do this anyway with um, Minecraft, which is a bit of a special case, but it just seems to me it, entirely logical to to bring something like Sea of Thieves or Grounded, some game like that, to, to other platforms where you can get more people playing it and investing in it. So, um. Yeah, I mean, assuming it's true, I think it's the start of of Microsoft, you know, doing this more often. I don't know how often, and I don't know with which games. Um, but, you know, that's the way, I guess, in some sense, they've been going for a while, right? They, yeah. uh, the, 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 the console-centric experience is is not console-centric anymore at, at, uh, at Xbox. Um, they've made that very clear for a long yes. time. So I, I did find it a bit strange, you know, the kind of really adverse reactions to this online um, as if, you know, this is just sudden because it's it's not. I get that it's a bigger deal than, say, I don't know, um, you know, uh, Minecraft Legends going on to Switch. It's not quite the same, but it's, you know, they've, they've been doing this stuff. So is it that surprising? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, you know, there's different views, and I think there's some legitimate views as to why people might not like it. Um, but I think sometimes the 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 responses that people to ha- have to this are weirdly emotional, yeah. and those are the ones I can't really understand because it makes it makes pretty much logical sense yeah. as to why Microsoft might be doing it. Yeah. Well, let's assume that they are. Yeah, Craig, why why do you think it's happening? I think it's. I think every single thing at the moment that Microsoft do is with Game Pass in mind. And I've said for a long time now, like, see when it gets banded about, or oh, PlayStation has sold, PlayStation 5 is outselling Xbox Series 3 to 1. I honestly don't think Microsoft care. I think they've got a console at the moment out of necessity, and I think they would much rather have an app. I think they realise that there's probably nothing they can do 
to go ahead of PlayStation in terms of console sales. But I think they're trying to build an infrastructure for the future with a service. And whether that works or not, I mean, I've been vocal before. Although I have Game Pass, although I have PlayStation Plus, I'm not a fan of services. I I think it's going to have a negative effect on the industry. Um, But I'm a contradiction because I have them all because they are useful. They are good value. I just don't think long term that they will be a positive. Um, And I think it will be a case of, I, I I do think Xbox has tried to get Game Pass on PlayStation. I think they've probably been told to fuck off. And I think they, at the moment, it makes sense perhaps for them to put select games, and I think it will be select games, on other platforms, which then might make people turn around and go, oh, that Xbox Game Pass app, I've got that on my TV. Mm -hmm. I can subscribe and then I, I get all this stuff. And I do think that we've heard for a long time that and it's, it's bound to happen. It's happened with PlayStation as well, where the subscription services are sort of plateauing and they're not getting the the continued increase that they expected. And that was always going to happen. It was always going to have a ceiling or a ceiling for just now. And I think they're now exploring other avenues to try and get that moving in that positive direction again. Yeah. Um, the one thing, though, honestly, I, I've, I'm, I'm going over all ground here because I have spoken about this already this week. But... I would just, this would be Microsoft's crowning moment ever if they brought Sea of Thieves to PlayStation and Switch on the same day that Skull and Bones came out. I would (laughs) die. I would drown in my own urine from laughing. It would be so funny. That game has been delayed for about 25 years. And then the day it comes out, a much better game that's established and is on like season 17 comes to all platforms. Oh my God, it would literally sink it. It would be the funniest thing imagine. I have nothing against Sea of Thieves, but this thing has carried on for so long. Did- and if on on the eve of Sea of Thieves, fin- eh, sorry, um, Skull and Bones finally coming out for Sea of Thieves to go multi-platform, I mean, that would be the final nail. Mm-hmm. I liked your use of it would sink it there. Very mm. well played, well played, sir. Yeah, very well. Yeah, I mean, to yeah. be honest with you, um, I I'm surprised that people are surprised by this. And it's funny because Luke, you were on. I had a little look back. I thought it was you that was on the episode where we spoke about this because it was when the Game Pass chat came up after Tim Stewart spoke at Wells Fargo, and I made the oh, point yeah, then that Tim Stewart said that. You know, services and products will, will go to competitors. And I made the point there, well, he's speaking about everything here. He's not just, just talking about Game Pass. And the next day when Phil Spencer was asked, and he was asked directly, is Game Pass going to PlayStation? No. But he wasn't asked, are you going to sell games off the shelf on PlayStation? Are you going to port games yeah. to sell on PlayStation? He wasn't asked that. But Tim Stewart basically said, this is what's going to happen. That's what Phil Spencer does, though. He talks out like he's the one. To be wor- fair, though, but he wasn't asked. Though he was, uh, he, the question directly was, "Is Game Pass coming?" He wasn't asked about off-the-shelf games. To oh be no, fair. I know, but he, he will sit there, and the question come in, and he can. Plot, oh, he, I hear the vet of course. Oh yeah, he he of can course. answer that, and he's telling the truth, but he's also keeping yeah. everything up his sleeve at the same time. Like, and he's the he's the absolute. You could say the best or the worst at that. 
where you can always look back at stuff Phil Spencer said and you go, ah, he's not technically lied. He's answered the question. And yeah, that is kind of true, but there was much more to the story. And that's like almost like the story of Phil Spencer's life. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I do think they tried to get Xbox Game Pass on PlayStation Plus, uh, sorry, on PlayStation, and we're told no. Like, so he's, he's right. He's like, it's not coming. Yeah, but, yeah, but that did, but that doesn't mean to say they won't sell yeah. Starfield, for example, or Hi-Fi Rush for 40, 50, 60, 70 quid, you know? So that, for me, was, was the key thing. That was, a, that was a key difference between the two men discussing the same but different regarding PlayStation and Nintendo. Um, you know, I always think back to when, when we were discussing the, the ABK case, um, that awful FTC case that went on forever. And, you know, I remember when Satya Nadelli said that he, if it was up to him, he wouldn't have exclusives. He's no interest in exclusives. He just wants to sell as many games as possible. You know, if you think about the Microsoft boardroom, you know, like this isn't the Xbox board. This is a Microsoft umbrella boardroom. And they're looking at their brand that's in third place in a two-horse race. And they look across the Pacific at PlayStation with hitting 50 million PS5 consoles, setting targets of 25 for the year. Now hitting 123, was it, monthly average user? 123 million MAUs in December. And them probably they've, don't even know what a fucking video game looks like, going, why aren't we selling our products there? They don't give a fuck about exclusives. Microsoft Boardroom doesn't care about it. They just want, like Luke, you said it best, they just want money. Yeah. Why aren't we selling our games there? It's 123 million people turning on their PlayStation 5s every fucking month and we're not selling our games there. Why? Why? Because of console wars? Come on. Do you know what I mean? It's different, isn't it? When you think about that bigger umbrella, it's a very different conversation. Um, and I think there's been a lot of hints there. What... Luke, I think you've 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 kind of made an interesting point about what sort of games will will come, Craig. So I'll put it to you then. Again, we're we're assuming that this this is happening. What sort of games do you think would or, or will come to PlayStation then? Assuming it's true, because we're not going to get we're not going to get Halo. Obviously, do you know what I mean? There's going to be there's going to be a limit. It's not going to be open season. If they're wanting to make money, I think it makes sense to bring collections so if this gears collection is real which i'm not 100 percent convinced it is but if it is i think something like that would do a lot of, a lot of business maybe like the halo master chief collection stuff like that because i think luke said that made a really good point where you bring hi-fi rush over and it's a very good game but i don't think that's selling a lot of copies and i think for a game like hi-fi rush if it had been released on playstation day and date I think it could have done well. But when you're releasing a game that's been somewhere else for a year, I think that has a massive impact. And so if you're not going to release a game day and date, then I think you want to go for some like big hitters almost. Like you want to go, right, PlayStation fans have never got to experience Gears. Here is all the Gears games. You can now experience yep. this for the first time. And I think that could do really well. Whereas, yeah. see, see honestly, like I'm not saying Starfield wouldn't sell well. I think it would because it's a big enough game. But if I had released day one on PlayStation, it would have sold way, way more than it would if yeah. you release it a year later when people when the hype trains died down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, especially after the post reviews of it as well, you know, which probably wouldn't have helped. But I yeah. think you've made a great point. See, for me, Gears of War is a no-brainer. In fact, I mean, if if Microsoft are serious about this, and if it is, if this is a reality, 
having the next Gears of War on PlayStation would be fucking amazing. And by the way, just just so we're clear, Gears of War is a PlayStation game. It's third person, over the shoulder shooter, and halfway through the series it's got daddy issues. So fucking right, it belongs on PlayStation. It's literally MO. In that game, I mean, I have to say, if you're someone who wouldn't buy a game because it was Microsoft Studios on PlayStation, you're, you're pretty childish. I, I'd be fucking there for Gears of War day one. Um, I think you're right about about Hi-Fi Rush, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a tweet, and I think this kind of sums up Hi-Fi Rush, even before you look at you know the completion percentages and stuff. And Matt Piscatella, who he's a director of Circana Group, which obviously was previously MPD, he tweeted out a couple of days ago, according to Circana's player engagement tracker, in December 2023, 17.5% of all US active players on Xbox Series consoles played GTA V, ranking third, behind only Fortnite and Call of Duty. Now, that would be the same on PlayStation, plus Genshin Impact, probably the top four, so that's no different. But here's the thing for you. Hi-Fi Rush ranked 207th with fewer than 1%. That's pretty fucking bad. It's not great. And there's your problem right there, isn't it? But I think I, I do think as well that that, that does have a sort of, like, a subscription service element as well because yeah. Microsoft Game Pass has been set up as a pick and mix. It's been set up as Netflix, like... It's been set up as, oh, you go in and you sample a game for five minutes and then you try the new the next game because there's 500 games to get through. And yeah. there's so... You can't, but you can't do that when you're spending $200 million on a game. Plus, yeah. that's the thing. That works for your little budget stuff, you know? But it doesn't work for your big hitters. Yeah. When you've got Call of Duties and stuff to pay for soon. Very soon. Yeah. I mean, I mean look, I mean... I liked your point about how, you know, like selling, I suppose, Hi-Fi Rush stuff is, 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 I suppose, money in the grand scheme of things. But I suppose if if we looked at bigger picture and if we imagine, even if over the course of a year, Microsoft Studios or or Xbox Studios, sorry, in in, in various guises, minus Call of Duty, of course, but stuff that's not available now that would be, even if they shifted, say, 5 million games over 12 months, which wouldn't be unreasonable depending on what they put on, you know the the money they make from that probably pays for two maybe three double a games the best part of one triple yeah. a game so in a way you go well okay it's not great money but it's paying for indiana jones's budget or it's paying for the avowed budget or the most so uh, there's there is logic to it rather than the fact that okay you know five million copies to microsoft is dropping the ocean stuff when they're just about to become the wealthiest company in the world but it still yeah. pays for something, I guess, right? Yeah, and uh, and I mean that's that's look at um, you know PlayStation sales on on PC, for example. Then, like with the exception of one or two games, they're not they're not knock your socks off. Well, Spider Man was only Spider Man Remastered only did one and a half million copies. Yeah. Now, if you told me it yeah. did three million, I'd have told you I, th- I think that's low. Never mind one and a half. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, you know, when you consider actually how much revenue that is, that's that's quite a lot for yeah. a port that uh, is a very good port, but I don't imagine it costs them. Well, I think the, the Insomniac leak showed that the, the port cost was at 50 million, but that included yeah. the PlayStation and the PC. So even if you said 25 each. Yes. Tell, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. still good money, isn't it? Minus Steam's 30%. Yeah. Still good money. Yeah. St- still a very, very good, um, yeah, still a very good turnover. Yep. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, I mean, if look, you know, high fire rush is a similar one. If even if you only sell a few hundred thousand units of that on PlayStation, that's that's money that you that you wouldn't otherwise have had. Yep. So, um, and I think for Microsoft, it's not even necessarily you know funding um, their own content as such. It's kind of subsidizing uh, the costs of of Game Pass generally right you know how much it costs to bring in yeah um new games that aren't from microsoft um and and keep people invested in that service um obviously it's it's making a lot of money anyway but th- all of this is just stuff that goes into that kind of big that big churn right um so yeah i think it's uh, it's a no it's a no-brainer if you're microsoft really i think they have to be careful with it to some extent when they start out because you know they they do you always have to be somewhat kind of and PlayStation have done exactly the same thing about, by the way, somewhat, um, you know, uh, aware of your hardcore fan base when you're doing this. I don't mean in terms of the stink they'll kick up, Mm -hmm. but I mean, in terms of making sure that there is some value to someone investing, say in a console, um and there is some way that you get you know that you're trying to appease hardcore players that are actually in terms of money sink they're probably your biggest pit you know in terms of they're the ones who will keep investing rather than someone who just goes and buys you know two games a year yeah um playstation did this with with pc and they're still doing it you know to make you feel like you you're you're special for being a playstation customer Mm -hmm. you know you get the games first right apart from service service stuff which will go day one on pc but you know um spider-man 3 probably won't be even then day and day on pc right um so I think Microsoft still have to try and uh, navigate that difficulty a little bit, but eventually, yeah, I could, I could probably see them start to um, bring certain games day one multi-platform. Um, I don't know what, but um, I, I did like the idea Craig had about collections and stuff like that because I do think you know Gears and Halo would be very successful on on PlayStation as an example quite whether they'll ever come or well not ever but quite whether they'll come anytime soon i don't know but it yeah. would be really interesting if they did yeah see, um, see one thing just as well like i sure. i do think like when xbox created game pass i think it was a needs must situation they were yeah, very far behind yeah, at, yeah. like halfway through the xbox one era and i think it was a hail mary because they were like what the fuck do we do here yeah, because we're a ball here from yeah. shutting it, weren't they? So, and I genuinely think that there has been some regret about them like having to release Starfield without charging for it because they could have made so much money off that. And I think they know they're in a position where, like, seeing a, in a like PlayStation had the luxury where they were able to sit back, watch how Game Pass did, and then adapt to what, what suited them. And what suits them is you pay for your games when they come out and at some point down the line, whether that be 12 months, 18 months, two years, we will then, once we feel we have extracted all the money out of the consumer, we will then put it on our service. And to me, that's a much better business model than what Game Pass has done in terms of making money. And I think Xbox are in a situation where 
you can't go back on what you've done now. Like Xbox, I don't think they, oh, they're too deep. They yeah. could not get away with going. You know what? Actually, we're going to go back to charging for our games day one. I think that would think them. I think people would have such a negative reaction to it. And I think that looking at this and going, right, we can't go back on that. But is there other places we could sell these games? And we can almost have the best of both worlds. And I think yeah, that's yeah, almost how this has maybe yeah. came up. Or they've went, right, we can't, we just cannot sell these games on Xbox because it'll it'll just ruin any goodwill we have. But yeah. we could sell them on another platform and we're not breaking our promise and we can make extra money that way. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, what as well, when, when you look at, you know, PlayStation's accounts each quarter, and, and you know, if you look at the most recent one from, from um, quarter two, is that time and time again, PlayStation users show that they buy games. And that's not just first party, it's third party. Because keep in mind, you know, the, the latest the latest data shows that only 10% of games, in fact, actually under, but 9% of games sold on PlayStation are first party or exclusive. So 90% are third party games. So PlayStation users don't just buy first party, they buy everything. And every time you see sales data, it's always heavily weighted towards PlayStation side. So there's there's no way Xbox wouldn't want a, want a piece of that. It's a fucking, like you said, they're, they're wanting the best of both worlds to have their cake and eat it. And quite right, why not? Exactly. They need to do, they need to do something, you know? Um, so this is, it's a, I don't know, maybe it's not a tough question to ask, Craig, but do do exclusives matter? I think, so I've got a wee bit of a, a sort of two-pronged answer to this. In the ecosystem we are just now, I think they matter a lot. I think if you look back to, like, say, PlayStation 1 and Xbox, PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, sorry, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, I think they really mattered. And I think, to me, I always want... I would have been happy seeing sort of, like, the... It didn't happen, didn't come to pass, but seeing the Xbox One PS4 generation, I would have been happy if there was no third-party games. And it was, these are the games you get on Xbox, that's why you want an Xbox. These are the games you get on PlayStation, that's why you get a PlayStation. I would prefer it to be that way. I want a reason to own every console. I don't want it to be, oh, I'm going to pick up this game on Xbox because on average it runs at two frames a second better. Oh, I'm going to buy this third party. I want, <laughs> I want different games on different consoles. But as we are coming, and I think this is part of the reason why Microsoft are happy to, or presumably coming around to the idea of putting their games on PlayStation is because I think I think Xbox are further ahead with the way the industry is going. And see, 10 years from now, I don't think, well, I'll say 15 years from now, just to be safe, we're not going to have consoles. We're just Correct. not going to have them. Yeah, and the after, PS6 will be the last physical console yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. And after that, it's going to be apps. It's going we'll to be, on Craig, PC. we're going to be 50. We're going to be 50. Oh, fuck, mate, I'll be dead. When that right? happens, mate. I'll be dead. I'll be lucky to ever see a, P- I'll be lucky to see a prototype of a PS6, yeah. right? See, see, when I played <laughs> that on the podcast, I was like, holy fuck, at the end of the PS6, I'm going to be 50. That put the fear in me. Yeah. That, that really kicked in that we're getting fucking old. I'm going to be 50 at the end of the PS6. Yep. Fuck, man. But I, so I think, like, see right now, if Xbox could just go, right, let's fuck off consoles altogether, I think they would do it in a heartbeat. Well, they're already they're hinting at that with yeah. this hybrid controller thing and stuff, yeah. aren't they? They're, they're making waves there. So they're planning for a future where you'll get your games through an app. And at that point, yeah. 
there's no point in exclusives because you can just download whatever app for free and then you get your games that way. So at that point, yeah. exclusives are almost pointless other than the ecosystem you're in. And like you, there won't be a buy-in. You won't have to spend £400 on a console. And I think yeah. Xbox are... like I think PlayStation want physical consoles to last another three generations. As long as possible, uh-huh. yeah. Because yeah. that's the advantage they've got just now because people will buy them and stay in their ecosystem. But when it is just a PlayStation app and an Xbox app, it almost puts everything back on a level playing field. And if Xbox are planning for this better than PlayStation, which I I honestly believe they are at the moment, I don't don't necessarily know that it's going to matter because I think PlayStation have better games. But Xbox are planning for the future at a faster rate, I believe, just now than PlayStation. And so I think in the future, exclusives are going to matter less and less and less. But I like the world where we've got consoles and they do matter. Yeah. Anything to add, Luke, on that? Yeah. No, <clears throat> I mean, I, I broadly, I, I agree. Um, I think, first of all, I'd like it if everything just came to PC. Thanks. <laughs> but, um, you know, just, nice. That, nice. Would be, that would be nice. But, um, you should, you, you should, you should meet, you should yeah. meet Coachy. <laughs> <laughs> But but no, I, I agree. I think I think the world we're in now, I think exclusives do matter because um as Craig said, there are there are very key differentiator between uh consoles. Yeah. And that's not to say that it means that you can't buy multiple consoles, but I I, I do like to have a reason to own a console, right? You know, a particular console. And I think when people talk about, well, you know, I just want games to be everywhere because, you know, console manufacturers can compete on other things. I just think, yeah, but the the things that they're going to compete on if you don't have exclusive games are things like, you know, um, hardware, which they're all much the much at yeah. these days. Um, services, uh, which again, much the much. I mean, I think Game Pass is, is great. Um, and PlayStation Plus is really good and arguably Game Pass is better value just in terms of what you get. But, it's all much the much. And to be honest, those those avenues of competition, to me at least, are very boring. They're very boring. If if that was the only competition that, you know, um two console manufacturers had, um, or, or the only avenues of competition and, and all of their games were everywhere everywhere else, it would it would just make, you know, console endeavors just pretty dull. I totally agree. Um I totally agree. Um so um now for now at least i think it's the if you if you think about you know console gaming as a broad sense of competition you think of elements of sub competition i think it's the most exclusive games are the most important point of sub competition and i think that's the argument just in terms of going back to the point around uh, people being a bit upset with microsoft you know it, when people come at it from that angle i can totally see why um not the weird fanboy emotional angle that some people have you know the the oh it's going off my team or some bollocks like that um so yeah i i totally agree with craig that that now it's very important one day i it won't be essentially and the, to be honest that's going to be fucking boring as well that's going to be a really boring day uh Great. when that happens um but uh yeah, it, it probably is in our lifetimes. I think it's that that day is is going to come. Um, 
I, I'd hope we can stave off it for as long as possible. But <laughs> yes. I, I do think um, Sony will be very reluctant generally to move in that direction because one of the, the big things about getting someone onto your console in particular is, is tying them to your ecosystem. And one of the big things about tying them to your ecosystem isn't just that they'll buy your games, but they'll buy everything through yes. your platform. Um, if you have... I can't imagine a world where, you know, these these um, platforms are effectively apps and the former console manufacturers are truly happy about, you know, someone just being able to pick up, someone not being really tied to their ecosystem at all, some sort of like ethereal entity just running through these different ecosystems, picking and choosing what they want. I think they like the, you know, PlayStation in particular likes the idea that they kind of lock you in and they get people in and invested and spending lots of money on different yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but the trade-off to that may be that you can get even more people um, involved in some manner whether that's small and actually make more money we don't know yet so um it's going to be really yeah next 10 15 years is going to be really interesting for that it's interesting as well because you, you have seen sony like sort of dig their heels in towards this future at every given opportunity like yeah microsoft were quite happy with or oh, you can you can cross play or you can play this game against Everyone on every platform that you go on Fortnite now, you can play against people on the Switch or the PC or the Xbox. Like PlayStation wanted no fucking part of that. <laughs> and they tried yeah, to hide yeah. that they wanted no part of it because it obviously isn't a good look publicly, but they knew fine well. They're like, why the fuck would we want that? Like, yeah. I mean, and they're right because they were like, no, no, we want people to have to buy a PlayStation. That means somebody can buy an Xbox and then they can just play with their. their they can play with PlayStation people. We, if we if we make them have to buy our system to come over and play our games or play third party games on our ecosystem, that generates more money for them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. just it's almost like a it's it's not a future that they can keep a hold of. Like it is going to grow arms and legs, and they are going to reluctantly go with it when they have to. But they will obviously yeah. try and stave it off, like you said, as much as possible. I'm quite right because they're ahead. <laughs> no, I think you both made great points, and I I agree with the overall sentiment that exclusives do matter because yeah, like you both said, they separate the brands, they give brands identity. It's the reason that I moved from moved back from Xbox 360 to PlayStation was because of the exclusives. Mm. They so they yeah. they sold me back to the PS4. So I do think it's important. What I always say with this question is, and as I pointed out in our Discord recently, is that commercially they don't, because I've already given the example that only 10% of game sales are exclusive, 90% are third party. So commercially they don't matter that much. And granted, that 10% is 100% profit and the the 90% is only 30%, but that 90% third party is risk-free. Yep. All that 10% yep. has got a $200 million budget behind it, or in Spider-Man 2's case, $300 million behind it. So commercially, they're not that important. But yeah, they for me, they're, they're massive. And, and where that goes in the next, like we said, 15 years, fuck knows. If we're even here, Craig, as you like to point out. <laughs> cool. All right. We've we've put the whole um, Xbox and, and, and PlayStation thing to right. Let's, let's talk about the, this, the year ahead and, and kind of... I've, I've wrote this question down. What do we want to see from PlayStation in 2024? And I've left this as a pretty loaded question. I've left it pretty open. Um, 
whatever you wants to go first, take it away. Whatever you want to talk about, you know, what would you want to see? I've kind of given some ideas of things like, you know, like, because Craig, one of your bugbears, obviously, is, you know, PlayStation's communication, things about, you know, like showcases, clarification on live server futures, better games in the PS Plus system, for example, um, the PS5 Pro, what about kind of VR2, where that stands? So, yeah, listen, I've left it open. It's a loaded question. One of you can take it away. I don't mind. I don't really have an issue with PS Plus. I think, like, I mean, there's very often, as Luke said earlier, like the PlayStation lineup. I, I think, on average, it's pretty good, the PlayStation Plus lineup. No. There's very rarely, with the, I don't know, I buy a lot of games. We get codes for a lot of games. There's very rarely a game comes to PS Plus that I am interested in that I don't own. Like I said earlier, great month for PlayStation Plus. I own all three of those games. Yeah. Like, but it is still a game yeah. month because there's yeah. people who don't, and so you have to take it like that. Um, I want more transparency from PlayStation. Like, yeah, that's always that's always your bugbear. It's all ridiculous. The time. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, and I, I, is I, it though? Yes, it is. Is it though? Uh-huh. Tell <laughs> me why it's ridiculous. Tell us. Where the fuck are the first parties? Do it's that gif with a stick. Do something. But do you, but, but would you want to get an announcement of a game that's five, six years away? Do you want what we've got, obviously, on the Xbox side where you've heard about Indiana Jones five years ago, Avowed five years ago, Hellblade 2 five years ago, and are nowhere to be seen? No, but I think, there's, rather a, I think, there's, I think there's a middle ground. I think Xbox are at one side, and I think PlayStation are at the other side, and I think they need to be a bit more in the middle. And I'm, <laughs> to, see, to be honest, I'm, I'm confident that that is going to change a little bit this year because I do think, with Jim Ryan going out, that there will be some changes in that respect. Um, mm. I think we will get a conference. I think I do think they're reversing course on some of the live service stuff. Obviously, we know about factions, but I think yeah. I, I do think I, I'm not saying it was all Jim Ryan that Jim Ryan's sitting there going everything live service. It's, I mean, it's, there's nothing. Even him, he's not making all the decisions. It's a it's a team effort. But yes. I, I do think that they will scale it back in his once he leaves. I, I do think they've sort of maybe seen a bit of the reaction online. And I think that part of the reason why we haven't seen stuff is because I think they were perhaps headed a little bit too far in another direction that they've maybe realised people don't want and they're now, to an extent, reversing course. But that takes time and they don't have anything ready to show. And I, I don't yeah. I don't think PlayStation... I don't think 2024 is going to be huge for first-party exclusives at all. Like okay. I, I don't know if we want. We obviously don't want to get into like any sort of spoiler stuff with like the leaks or whatever. But like I mean, all the there's been so much talk that Wolverine was coming this year. Or it was is potentially a 2024 game. Is it? No, it's not. Yeah, but it's that, that never came close. from PlayStation, though. It's I know, but that, that was that was yeah. the talk. Yeah. It, it was like, oh well, that's that that's something we've got lined up for 2024. But if you believe that, then for, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more transparency. In terms of VR, I think they need to acknowledge it. PlayStation VR 2 is <laughs> just, really Just good. acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah, just fucking remember that it exists. PSVR 2 is brilliant and it has some brilliant games, but that's because there's third-party developers that are making it happen. Like PlayStation have pretty much put that headset out and went, hey, well, that's us done. Here's a Horizon game that's all right and we're done. They need, they need to... But I'm not saying you make a triple A VR game. I think that's a really stupid but thing I, to do. But is it, though? But I think, I'm not saying $200 million 
triple um, A budget, but surely because obviously you know VR two game or sorry VR two VR games obviously are notoriously a lot shorter and obviously a lot smaller in terms of depth, but surely there's a triple A standard that can come out of a PlayStation Studio for VR two. No, I think it needs that. I think it needs a little push, just that extra give. Because you know if if you speak to Jamie on the Discord and stuff, and they'll and, and Alex obviously, um, you know they'll they'll tell you that there's 30, 40, 50, 60 games, and there is, there's lots of games for it. But I do, I'm like you, I do feel as though PlayStation itself isn't represented all that well. But again, does that matter? We just sat and oh, said the, that the fucking 90% of game sales are third party anyway, so... You the, know. the lineup's mental. There's probably 30 PSVR yep. 2 games released in December. Like ah, the, crazy, the, li- yeah. the library's fucking huge. But I've said this before, but you look over in the PC space and almost every big game that has come out, has, someone has went in and modded a VR mode into it. To me, you make games and then you make VR modes available for them. You've got single individuals making a VR mod for Bioshock. You go on PC, YouTube it. There's people playing through Bioshock and VR the entire game. And it was one or two guys that modded that. Try to tell me that the PlayStation couldn't go in and go, let's talk to some of our third parties, let's get some games and let's get some VR modes for these. It's low cost and completely changes the game. Like, I played GTA V in VR on PC. It was fucking incredible. It was a single guy that made that. Hire him and get him to start porting stuff to VR. (laughs) It's no difficult. Like, it was honestly it was well, incredible. Whole- you say you say it's not difficult. Hang on here. You hear me? I we ain't experts on that. No, I mean I can't do it. But if one guy's doing it, do you know what I mean? Just fucking hire him. Or I'm sure you've got somebody kicking about that can do it. Like I, I just I don't think I don't think there's enough of a ta- an attach rate to spend a lot of money on a VR game. I think you'll lose money. But I think like look at what um, Capcom are doing with Resident Evil, and then they released the game in VR, and it's fucking excellent. And you're like, why can't more games do that? Not every game can, but some games can. What about you, Luke? Not in terms of VR, just in general. Mm. Spitball. Yeah, I, I, th- I mean, I think, you know, I pretty much agree with Craig in terms of what I'd like to see. I I, I thought the point uh, around um, would you want, you know, Sony to announce games, for example, really early? Um, and the an- my answer to that is actually yes. Because the thing that PlayStation were always great at, if you look back across the history of, you know, at least the last 10, 15 years of E3s, for example, is they were great at selling you on the future of the platform, of the investment that you've made in the platform in terms of a slate of games. Um, And I think these days, particularly when, uh, you know, you people own multiple platforms or play on the PC as well, it's fine to have long leading dates for these games because where one you know developer or collection of developers is not putting out stuff there's someone else in that vacuum right putting out just look at last year like you couldn't move for good like good games everywhere all the time it didn't matter especially if you owned multiple consoles and and pc um so i really i really just would like them to be more transparent about what they're what they're working on because we know they're working on a lot and, you know, they have all their big hitter studios that, apart from <laughs> Insomniac now, um, we don't know what they're working on. We can make some reasonable guesses uh, with a few of them, but it would be, just be nice to um, to see that. I, I don't think there's a particular problem with, say, you know, 
Sucker Punch coming out now and saying, yeah, we're making Ghost of Tsushima 2 is a is a very brief trait. It doesn't even have to be much. It could be CG. Genuinely, it could be CG for the first one. I don't mind that. Um, but it just gets people excited, you know what I mean? Because it's just one of those things that you can kind of put a pin on and say, right, well, that's coming. I'm looking forward to that now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Uh, I would like them to do that. I do think they will do that this year in terms of showcase. Obviously, they're not going to um, play their all of their hand in terms of announcements, but I think they must have recognised the reaction to that to that showcase last year was was generally very negative. Um, and even usually, I'm I'm pretty you know high on their showcases, and I thought that was genuinely pretty pretty dreadful. Um, at least in terms of trying to get you excited about the future of the platform. Um, it just wasn't very good. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like them to come out and just announce more. That would be good. I'm not expecting much from PS Plus. You know, I don't think there's going to be any um, incredible announcements there, as long as they keep putting out solid content for it. I think that's all that matters. I'd like them to do a few more things like uh, like Kina, for example, or... Yes. or Years, like stuff like that, like new and out new games coming to, to the platform. Yeah, day and day. Um, Stray was another one, you know, just they haven't had one of those for a little while, yeah, even um, just a couple a year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that, or something yeah. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know, you're pushing that yeah. out there. Come on, it's PlayStation, you know, because even that, that no, because nobody saves the world, that was on Game Pass, no, yeah. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Day yeah, one, yeah. It's, it's, Day one on game, you know what I mean? And okay, it's you know it's what two years ago. It's now, but it's like even that, you know, like okay, I know we got we got Sea of Stars. You know, Sea of Stars played a blinder getting on both, but it's like yeah. I'm pretty sure the investment for Sea of Stars from both companies is probably pretty small to put that on there. You know, so a few more of yeah. that, yeah, a, cu- a couple of year, I agree, yeah, yeah. Even like I mean, stuff coming up like uh, Pacific Drive would have been an ideal type of game for for that, um, yeah. which I'm really looking forward to. But it doesn't have to be. Big huge third party yeah. big hitter but it you know if you get some interesting double a or something really interesting in the indie space and it comes to the platform um they yeah. won well that's the thing you've got to ask yourself right i mean how many you know resident evil 2 remakes just came there everyone's oh yeah brilliant it's, it's a great port or it's a great remake yep great when did that come out five years ago yeah ish who yeah. How many people who, haven't played yeah, that game? Played it. <laughs> yeah, that that wanted to play it. How many people? Yeah, that haven't. haven't yeah. I mean, Bayman, that game's yeah. in the sale all the time. From so, what would you? Not. Yeah, what would you rather? Would you rather Resident Evil Two remake or, for example, um, what was that puzzle game went to Game Pass uh, recently? Um, begins with C. Um, Cocoon. Oh, Cocoon. Yeah, Cocoon. Jess loved it. Yeah. What would you rather see? But the problem is that Resident Evil Two sells. You know, on a tweet, it looks better than Cocoon. Yeah. And that's a fucking problem. Yeah. But I would rather, yeah, another, you know, another Kena, for example, than Resident Evil 2 Remake that came out fucking years ago that I could have bought for a tenner a hundred times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, VR2, yeah, I think, to be honest, I, I literally have one wish for VR2, which is just, I would just love a port of Half-Life Alex. <laughs> Everyone it. says that. It's uh, absolutely yeah, no. fucking incredible that that has not happened. Because they've got, yeah, a, really, they've got what, a really good relationship with Valve. There's no way. There's a reason, Craig. There's a there's a legit. It's the same. It's the same thing as Bloodborne. There is a legitimate reason why, and someone can can because t- someone in PlayStation can tell you why. Because there's no way they've not looked at it. 
So there has to be a legitimate reason why that's not on there and we've not got a Bloodborne, you know, remake, remaster, whatever. There's there's legitimate reasons, there's business reasons for it. But you say it's that. It's not an oversight. You, I don't know if it is or not, though, because you there say that. There has to be, Craig. There but, has to be. But if it's an oversight, then why is why is there not a port of Astrobot there as well? Because that's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. And that's their own game, and they still mm. haven't done it. Yeah. And there's yeah. no hurdle there. But other than they just they put a headset out and went, let's see what happens. Like that's their yeah, own fucking game. It's basically I mean, job yeah, they, they they packed in an yeah. Astrobot game with the PS5. They could easily enable that for VR as well, by the way, but they haven't. But yeah. after the PS5 launched with Astrobot, is the PlayStation finally have a mascot that someone cares a about? Mascot, yeah, yeah, everyone loves them. And you're like, surely you would. I mean, not having it ready for the PSVR2 launch was mind-boggling. But the fact that yeah. we're nearly a year down the line. You can only assume that now they're holding it off because they have a new game coming and they're maybe going to like try and tee that up with it, maybe. But you're yeah. like, where? I mean, I, I just don't know where their head's at sometimes. And I think, I don't know if you guys agree, but like, don't be wrong, I don't think, I know I'm sometimes like a bit baffled by what PlayStation are doing, but I, I don't think they make a lot of bad decisions. I think they could do more. I think their PRs are a fucking nightmare. Um, but... I genuinely think there is an air of, and I think it, I think they're right that they are too far ahead at the moment to fail. Like PlayStation, halfway through the PlayStation Three era, would never have had a year of announcements like they had last year. But they're so far ahead that yeah, that conference was shit, but it didn't matter. It didn't have it didn't have a single. Yeah, it didn't hurt no them anyway, yeah. apart from yeah. a bit of moment, yeah. a bit of moaning on Twitter. Like, yeah, other than that, that, it didn't they went on at all. No, nope. <laughs> they went on to have two of their best quarters in history. Yeah, they're, they're so far and ahead finished now. the year with their highest ever monthly average users. Yeah, yeah. because they're so the far ahead, is, is they like, just know they know they can get away with it. But it's not that. But anyway, the only people that care about the showcases are the hardcore, which we need to remember is the tiniest yep. portion of people. We. As people, we do not really matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, the, the people that bitch on Twitter don't matter. The people, you know, that, the people that are willing to bitch on Twitter are the people that are so invested that they're not going to turn their back on it regardless. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. 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 For me, I mean, I want to see this year, I want to see two big showcases. This only having one showcase isn't enough. I think we need to see two showcases. Ideally, I'd like to see one in April, either, you know, coinciding with the with the new Sony or you know, well certainly Sony financial year and maybe one in the sort of the fall, um, maybe sort of September PSX. time. I don't know. PSX. I don't. I don't know why they get rid of that. It was like a celebration of PlayStation, and just I know, just do that yeah. each year. Just cutting back in it and money. I know. Yeah. I know. Because thing is, they can do. They can do. They can show more for. 90% less cost. What does it cost to put a PlayStation showcase on? Fuck all. No, no. I, just, I think it was, it, it was just a great... Fuck all. It was just a great... It was a great... Experience. Sort of, yeah. ah, a great experience. A great... Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I was there, but they could... I mean, there you go. Do a PSX and have one of those VR cameras in it. You can sit in the front row. If you got a PSVR yeah. 2 headset, you can sit in the front row for that conference. And yeah. you can be there for the celebration of PlayStation once a year. And we give away... Uh, we announce our best PS Plus lineup that month of the year yeah. and just have a have a really good PR blast for it yep 
But like um, you say, it I does. It costs money, and and that's yeah. probably as the long short of it. Showcases cost fuck all, so they should arguably do more of them. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the little, um, you know, the the, the wee what's a fucking name? The, the wee ones they do. Um, state of play. Showcases. State of play. they're fine, and I, I I think every state of play I've really enjoyed because what I like is they tell you in advance. Listen, this is third party or this is indies they tell you what's coming if you if your if your expectations exceed that that's on you but mm-hmm. literally they tell you this is what's coming this is what we're going to show in this little um segment you no know, 20 minutes whatever it's fine but showcases you expect more with a showcase and mm-hmm. i'd like to see two and yeah let's i mean i think we'll have a state of play a, before the end of february they will do something that's the yeah. rumors that's 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 yeah. the jeff grub throwing shite at a wall rumor isn't it um, but he's just always yeah, done his maybe. look and go well they've done a place they've done a state of play the last two <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. so throwing they'll probably do a state wall. of play yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly the, the the biggest thing for me for this year out with the games which are going to come on in a second is is the ps5 pro um we're assuming that it's true because tom henderson has got a pretty fucking good track record um and my hype for the pro is massive so that for me because i think that's really gonna it's really gonna distinguish between playstation xbox i think massively as well which maybe it's not a good thing to say but it is but certainly I'm, i'm excited to see what that thing can fucking push and I am a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've, I'll always say this: is that everyone should be playing games at sixty frames per second, and, and I'll and I'll drive that till the cows come home. Um, but with the sixty frames, there there comes there there comes sacrifices, which is usually you know ten eighty or whatever. So having something that's that can kind of bridge the gaps a bit more and get a bit closer to PC fucking all over that. So I'm excited to see if it's true, if it's coming this year. Like I said, I kind of trust Tom, so I'm assuming it is. But that for me, if that launches September, October time, oh boy, I think it's that's a exciting. Given, it's fucking given that that's Tom. exciting, man. That's really, really exciting. Yeah. Like but we'll it, see. all that talk about like Xbox potentially not doing, and I say potentially because you never know if they change their mind, but not doing a mid gen console. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like all that sort of it all marries up, like Xbox. They, they're not really interested in consoles, so they're probably going, yeah. we're doing a fucking mid-gen console. Like, we're, we're only doing consoles now in the first place because we fucking have to. Yeah. Um, and if and if they put out, like, an Xbox Series Pro or whatever, like, my God, if they have to start developing for that as well, the difference between that and that Series S, like, I think they, oh, they paid for themselves into yeah. a corner with that. But PlayStation yeah. love releasing hardware. There's no, no question yep. at all that they'll release a Pro, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like Luke said, and, and and I've used this example, you know, you know, PlayStation's very much going down the Apple route yeah. of getting as They're many products in your hands. only work for the Pro. Yeah, I know, quid. yeah, that are 200 quid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are, are you, I, I take it you boys will be all in on the Pro as well. Well, well Luke, maybe, I don't know, if, did you say before no, you were? Was. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, yeah, with, with, you know with, with you being a, a PC snob and that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the the thing, the the pro- well, I say the problem is it's not a problem for for PlayStation. It's a problem for me, is that they don't bring their games day one to PC. Yeah. Um. And so, um, I can't wait for them most of the time. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, I just want to play, play the, best the best games and the best. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, I get it. And um, and I think also with the Pro is, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't look like GTA Six. Uh, it's going to come day one to PC either, um, and I'd really like to play that on the Pro. It's madness, yeah. that. So madness. Um, you know, they, you know, it's um, 
it's, it's a hard life, but <laughs> so I mean, yes, for you, for you, PC elite, yes. yeah. the master race. See, when, see right. when we're talking about uh, PlayStation Plus and getting more day one games, I know that this has been mentioned before, but Hell Divers Two is a no brainer to come to PlayStation Plus day one. Like, well, I, I just, what, we'll, I just we'll don't think that's going to. Gonna, I don't think that's going to sell well, and I think it would. It could really, if the game's good, I think it could. It could do really well on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, like I'm not saying it wouldn't have been successful anyway, but you look back to maybe Rocket League, like that game's obviously a phenomenon, but it really yeah. took off when that released day one in PlayStation. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that Hell that Hell Divers Two would do that, but I mean it's so important to have a base of players, and if it doesn't have a base of players my, out the gate, yeah, yeah. My 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 assumption before we got the Hell Divers price, my assumption was it was going to be free on PS Plus because of the type of game it is because obviously yeah. it's looking like it's going to be live services the potential because I know you know the, the the story is that they've got plans to make this a long term battle pass and stuff that is mm-hmm. that is the plan I don't know if that's going to be out the gate they're going to throw that at you but that is the plan for this game um, I, I could I certainly it see it being, I could certainly see it being one of these ones that it comes to PlayStation Plus pretty promptly like obviously yeah. like but 35 quid isn't a lot of money no it's not that's the thing yeah. you know, and, well. and, it's a good prize for that game. yeah well that's the thing for me like I'm I, I'm on the, the the problem I've got is is that unlike you Craig I enjoy playing co-op games I enjoy playing with friends right you know done a lot of that this or well, last year with Diablo and stuff I am and, huge and on that you know <laughs> so but the problem is is that I, I, I've, I've used the key word there enjoy playing with friends the problem is that I can't. I have no interest in playing with randos. So for me, for me to invest in Helldivers, I'm keen. I am actually really, I'm actually really keen. But I'm not going to do it if I've not got three, four, five friends that I can play with. So our Diablo crew, they're they're kind of like hmm, we're interested as well. But I think a lot of people are waiting for that review score. And if see if it falls below an eighty, it's going to struggle. I say Helldivers is going to cost you about 170 quid because you're going to have to buy five copies of it. <laughs> You'll just need to fucking um, email Arrowhead and, and, and get five fucking review codes for us then. PlayStation are, <laughs> PlayStation are publishing it. No yeah, chance to pass on. No chance. Yeah, no chance. So that's that's where I am with with Hell Divers. Um, I mean, okay. So I mean, you know, games this year. Then I mean, I, I put. The, I don't know if I've missed anything off this list. I've got Hell Divers Two, Last of Us Two Remaster, Stellar Blade, Rise of Ronin, Concord. Mm-hmm, that's never coming. Foam Stars, Pacific Drive, which Luke you mentioned, and yep. the most exciting one of the year, Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. I've also put a question mark. Death Stranding Two this year. Hmm, doubtful as well. Um, um, I mean, how how do you think the lineup looks so far? Which of those are you hot on, if any? None. No, None. I'm, no, what a joke. All right. <laughs> no, I'm I'm hot on quite a lot of those actually. Hell David Two, I'm really looking forward to. I love the first one. There you go. Actually, got one on it. So, ah, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah. One of the guests we sometimes get on here, BMG, he was explaining to me how Hell Divers is super. Also, you you know BMG, obviously, how yeah, Hell Divers yeah. is still so popular and it's a great game. He's the same. He's fucking excited for it as well, and he sold it to me. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, obviously, this one's different because actually they've, person, they've yeah. changed the perspective, yeah, uh, and up the budget as well, um, which is no surprise because I think the first one was um, unexpectedly very successful for them, uh, and, and clearly Sony liked what they did. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for this, um, and it's it's so much fun 
um to play with with friends um randos yeah i don't think it quite works um it's really the first one at least and and this one looks very similar it was really heavily reliant on communication, which you're just not going to get with. Which you saw that in here. the preview video. It was all about the, yeah. the comms, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so really looking forward to that. Um, but pretty much everything apart from foam stars, which uh, <laughs> had some surprisingly good, good hands on. The previews were um, good. Yeah. 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 Um, everything else looks, looks, uh, very good actually i'm looking forward to uh even the last of us 2 remaster purely because of the the no return mode which mm-hmm. i think looks really cool yeah um, i'm not planning on jumping in next week isn't it it's like um is it next week yeah week after i'm not planning just just because again i'm, I'm boss deep in Baldur's gate 3 and stuff so again this is where i know it's only a tenner but either way it can wait you know it, it it's i don't have to jump in next week you know so um but I, i'm actually i'm actually looking forward to it um interest to see how this this um rogue mode works as well so yeah yeah it looks it looks very very cool i, I like what they've done with uh like the additions to the last of us part two um i do have an issue with them calling it a remaster i would much prefer if it was like definitive edition or something like that i like that i i like that yeah yeah, but I, I, game like, of the year edition, as they used to always I say, that just, was always the tag they used back when people didn't mind you remastering a game. When you called it game of the year and you sold it for sixty quid, nobody complained. Yeah. You call it a remaster, you charge fifty quid. But what the fuck? I just I think there's, just a, shit. there's a negative connotation to a remaster that's a four year old game or a three and a yeah. half year old game. Like, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to revisit Last of Us Part Two at some point, but. I'm not ready to play that game again just now. So I'm happy that it exists and it'll be there when I want to play it. But yes, I'm not wanting to play it at the moment. How are you? I mean, yeah. I look at things like, for example, Rise of Ronin. And I've said this, the more I see it, the more I do like, I must admit. But one, I'm bored as fuck of all these souls like. I'm not a big fan of them anyway. I'm bored as fuck of Far East, not um, you know, like ancient asian you know going back you know three four five hundred years whatever i'm sick of that it's everywhere so it's, it's not no it's not that it's just there's so many of them <laughs> that's that's what it is but it's like it's like you know it's like you go back 15 years ago and every second game was a world war Two shooter you know um so i'm just like ugh, i'm done with it yeah they all get the same idea at the same time don't they? about six years ago there was obviously a group yeah. chat somewhere and now they're all coming Aye. out and I'm just I'm just a little bit meh on it, but I know a lot of people are excited for it. Uh, I think the fact that it's got yeah. accessibility, it's not just a full Souls like it's got you know a, a Craig mode and stuff. So um, maybe it's not going to be that bad, but it's still not really jumping out at me. But I think PlayStation's got a lot of fucking a lot riding on this game. To be fair, see out of all the all the exclusives that we know about on the list, it's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Really? That yeah, surprises yeah. me I'm for you. How, what would you have thought would be the top? Um, well, obviously Final Fantasy VII. No, for you, probably Stellar Blade, I think. Because you've got that kind of, you've got that weird side of you, you know? Um, the dark side. Stars. That dark side. I've played yeah. Foam Stars. I know you have, yeah. It was um, alright. Not great. Yeah. And, but me being the multiplayer man. That's the thing. You you were very much the wrong one. You should have given that to fucking me to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, obviously, is is the one for me. That's you know that's that's my Christmas come late, um, 
that's that could you know that could make my year by the end of February done. You know, so massive for me as mm. the Final Fantasy Seven fan or Final Fantasy fan. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, big, big for me as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested. You know, I've never played any of the Stellar Blades. I must admit, I haven't played them. Um, so I'm going into this quite blind, which I quite like because there's a lot of love for Stellar Blade. I'm like, okay, so I'm interested. Um, I'm also very interested to see about Concord because, again, a couple of people that I've spoken to behind the scenes have said that, again, a bit like Rise of Ronin, PlayStation's got a lot riding on this game and they've got a lot of faith in this game that it's going to get heavily yeah. pushed. They're, they're, it's funny because at that showcase last year, they showed the most pathetic 20-second trailer, which everyone, what the fuck was that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But apparently, internally, this thing's... There's a lot of love for this game, internally. But I don't think it's coming yeah. this year. Nailed that. I was just about to say, I don't think it'll come out this year. Yeah. But, but although, on, on the recent blog post, they've got it for yeah, this year. They, they've, yeah, they, they, still, they are telling They are it, telling yeah. people it's coming this year. But the fact we've seen so little makes me think, Really? But like I said, maybe they are keeping it under wraps for that reason. Because like I said, a couple of people have said, listen, internally, they're hot on this game. Yeah, I um, I, it'll be really interesting to see it, actually. I mean, I think the rumors have it, it it's, that it's a, a PvP. Yeah. Um, a PvP game. I, I heard some murmurings that it potentially was hero shooter based as well whether that's true or not i don't know if it was if it was a pvp hero shooter i'm actually quite excited for that um because we had the big phase of hero shooters and that kind of died and then we've had really nothing since you know for, for years apart from overwatch which i'm a big fan of yeah um and i put over a thousand hours into into the first one and nice. a couple of hundred in the second but so for the uninitiated I, hero shoot you mean where you've got multiple characters and you've got yeah. distinctive skills not just like distinctive a call abilities, of duty yeah. where everyone's no one's got an advantage exactly yeah okay. um and um yeah it's so if it's a if it's a you know more quote-unquote realistic sci-fi take on a hero shoot so that could be really cool yeah um i know it's it's firewalk isn't it and i think yeah. they're in they're in bellevue and and mostly ex you know bungee developers yeah, etc so yeah. yeah so a very good pedigree and and yeah i think i've heard that they do have a lot of faith in it as a title i think it's seen as one of their potential tentpole games as a service games that you know one that could actually break yeah. out and do well um yeah. Uh, so yeah if it does come out this year cool i'm at least interested in in seeing it um far more than than fair games uh which obviously won't be coming out this year but which is interesting because obviously they showed it. more of that yeah you well know? they showed that conceptually what that was yeah um, it was mostly cg wasn't it yeah, it was yes. CG, yeah. yeah. There, yeah. There's something about the tone of that game, though, that I really disliked. Is that um, right? See, I looked at it and went, I quite liked it. It obviously looks, yeah, because it, it's very much looks like vibes. a what, yeah, watchdogs shooter, which ticks boxes for me. So I'm, I'm curious uh, of it, but I, I, I'm, I'm sick to the back teeth of CGI trailers. I, I wish for me that the EU would ban CGI trailers for, for mis-selling because they shouldn't be allowed. So I was like, fucking CGI trailers. Show me fucking gameplay, you fucks. Yeah, yeah, I know what I mean. No, I don't know. The, the Fair Games one, it did remind me of Watch Dogs 2, but I didn't really like Watch Dogs 2 oh, very much. Oh, I did. My first Platinum um, as well. 
fond memories. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. But it just has that really, to me at least, that really cringy uh, anti-capitalist, eat the rich mm. vibe. Um, that ticks my that ticks my box as though as a socialist. Yeah, well, I think that's that, great that if, it's, if it's done right. If it's done right, yeah. I think it goes over into this kind of really, I, I don't know, this sort of try-hard. Yeah. Um, Aye, sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to play the anti-capitalist route when you've got a three hundred million dollar budget, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's kind of it, it's it's too it's too close to home for for something like yeah. that to to be trying to do that in terms of um, you know the the vast uh, corporate backing the game yeah. has. I just don't really like it. I just think it's uh, too too on the nose and and trying to to play it under under the nose if that mm. makes any sense. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw even even from the Concord, the the shocking CG trailer that that had in terms of actually showing nothing. I thought yeah. in terms of um, vibe, it was just more interesting, you know. I'd, and and it really didn't show anything. But I mean, that's probably more of a scathing indictment on what I thought of Fair Games. And um, yeah, your mind, your mind had gone already. You're like, fuck this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, uh, Rise of the Ronin, I'm also really looking forward to actually. Um, I think Team Ninja put out some really good stuff. Sometimes they don't quite hit the way they could do. And I think this is going to be my worry for this game is technically how it's going to be. Um, they are not known for putting out particularly impressive games. Was, and this was Neo, no, Neo were quite, were they not quite well? received oh no they were well received yeah um as as uh, the first one in particular very good games but uh, from a, a a visual and performance perspective particularly on consoles not great they sometimes leave a lot to be desired okay so okay. I, i'm a bit reticent about how this is going to do as an open like team ninja's first proper open world game you know, and if you look at the footage that they're putting out, it's a bit jank, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of chugging along yeah, a bit, and you know, there's some stuff that. that looks very nice in it, and then there's some stuff that isn't. But you know, let's see what it's like at launch. Sure. Um, sure. But in terms of gameplay, I think it could be very good, very, very good. Their combat system is excellent. So, and I think putting it in an open world where you have freedom to approach combat scenarios is actually very cool mm-hmm. because it means that. If you don't like the really challenging Souls combat, there should be something like a stealth option for you, yeah. uh, you know, which makes it much more interesting for people who don't like them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the games we spoke about then and, and, and look at a little list, we're sitting here obviously in the second week of January. There's obviously still a lot of games to come. There'll be things we don't know about. There'll be maybe surprise drops, whatever. I mean, do you think as a lineup so far, that's a good looking list? Do you think that's a strong starting point for the year for my tastes it isn't like, what about what about bigger picture then rather than craig's tastes i think it's all right like okay. I, I'm, I pretty much discount the last of us game like i think it's i don't know i, I think what they're doing yeah. the, the extra content stuff i think it's really cool but i, do, I don't consider it as a new release like yeah. I, I can play that right now if I want to. Um, when you, you play that when it fucking suits, but when you're nominating um, fucking Phantom Liberty for Game of the Year, oh, then that's okay though, you know. That was a twenty-five hour <laughs> new experience. 
Oh, one of off. the best of the year. <laughs> fuck off. Um, <laughs> that was in my top five for last year. I won't, I won't hear any slander. Yes. Oh, it was, it was amazing, but you can't it's put it in Game of the Year, Luke. I'm fucking uh, sorry. Number four, it's Tony, okay. number four. <laughs> um, if, you, if you launched that game, is it? If, they should if have launched it standalone. Ha- yeah, yeah. If that oh, was just fuck. what I've started. Was, I shouldn't yes. have fucking mentioned then, it. Then, then that would that would easily be still top five. Games. Donnie, I'm going to edit in white noise here. Donnie. Get that right round you. I look. I, I don't think it's a, a terrible lineup. I think, but it's obviously there's a lot of unknowns. Like you say, Riser Ronan could hit, could not. Concord. We hear there's a lot of confidence in it, but one, I don't think it's going to release this year. And two, if it does, is it going to hit? Um, yeah. Foam Stars is probably going to do pretty well, but it's not going to be really. I in, in the Asian us, market I, will, that yeah. way. Pacific Drive. I'm really interested in. Uh, it's not really my type of game, but I think it could. It's one of those ones where if it lands right, it could be so different that it is really cool, or it could be a miss. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, obviously huge. Like I did really enjoy the remake, the part one of the remake. I need to yeah, watch us. Yeah. I need to watch a story recap because I don't remember a fucking thing now. But uh, I will. <laughs> I will be playing that, and obviously it is going to be a huge game. But my concern is when I look at that lineup, I feel like it's a good lineup. But it's screaming out for a big AAA single player full release, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's coming. I don't think there is one for this year. Really? Uh, that uh, if 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 there's not one be? there, then I, I don't know. But there'll be stuff we've not heard of. You know, we're we're still waiting to hear from Bend, for example, who've been quiet no for a way, while. They, 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 they you take know? forever. Nah, no, no, Bend have been Bend have been tweeting out a lot recently saying we're cooking and stuff. Bend, I'm telling you, a fucking yeah, slow cooker. Yeah, just yeah, wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd love it. Don't I'd love a new Bend game. Like I was, yeah, yeah. I think I'm in. Like I mean, don't be wrong. I don't. I think people liked Days Gone more than the review scores said but I mean I, I think absolutely yeah. e- even on that I think I was higher on than most people I really fucking liked that game I'd love a new Ben game this year but yeah I, I don't know I just I can't see it. I just don't know who would be I, I don't know who would be ready I don't I don't I would again like Ghost of Tsushima is my favourite PS4 game but I don't think Ghost of Tsushima 2 is ready this year no 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 definitely maybe next year I think I think PlayStation's going to have a bit of a lull this year and a big 2025 I don't know yeah, I mean even I still even you know like that lineup. If, if Rise if Rise of Ronin is big and if Helldivers 2 reviews well and it's big I think you've still got a good year there. I think you're right. I, I, I think it needs. It I think needs I just think it's, yeah. I just I just think it all this all these. I mean, I suppose Concord could come out in October or something like that. But I think you, PlayStation needs that big single player game for the fall period, and the, none of these are. I mean, Rise of Ronin's what been dated for the twenty second of March, give or yeah. take. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Final Fantasies in February. It makes for a good start to the year, but I just I can't think what would be ready for that for second for that last part of the year. And yeah, there are, there will be stuff we don't know about, but I don't know. I just yeah, I don't know. I think in, ter- in terms of their their big you know big first party studios, I I don't think that there's anything. But for the end of this year, may maybe you could get something like uh, Team of Sylvie's new game. Yeah. In there. Yeah. But that's not obviously. You know, I'm really looking forward. Oh to yeah, that, me but, too. Not a you know, novel, an old game. 
Yeah, but it's not exactly. It's not what you look at and go, well, that's you know what a what a big um, you know second half launch game that is. Um, so yeah, I think I think to be honest, barring one or two maybe smaller things, I think you know what's written down is is what you're going to get effectively. I I genuinely don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, again, because there's lots of other games coming out from lots of different developers. Um, And if it means that PlayStation then have a massive 25, 26, 27, you know, and have a consistent cadence of really high quality AAA games, I don't think it really matters. You know, just to put it into comparison, say, you know, Xbox had that really, well, they had a couple of really bad years, but they particularly had, um, was it 22 or 21? Yeah. um, Which were really bare on the first party front. And then, yeah. And then last year, you know, uh, say what you will about the games and the quality that they release, but they're big releases, and they're going to have big releases this year, yeah, big got, releases next year. Coming, yeah. So, so you know, if if Sony have to replicate that, which I think all the platform holders have to do at least one of these type of years, um, I don't really think that's an issue to be yeah. honest. PlayStation are in a position where they can absorb it as well. Like we say, like yeah, all, all exactly, the third party yeah. games yeah. are getting so well them vast, vast majority of them are getting sold on PlayStation. Like, yeah. you, you have the average consumer that even though Call of Duty is owned, well, not the average consumer, but you have you have a section of people who, even though Call of Duty is owned by Xbox now, think that that's a PlayStation game. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care that it's been bought. And so that is, that's an exclusive to them. Yeah, well, you, you think about last year in terms of PlayStation exclusives or, or first party, you had the Horizon DLC of Spider-Man 2. Yep. Right? Yeah. I played my PlayStation 5 last year for 1,330 hours. My PlayStation was barely turned off last year. So I clearly don't need exclusives to fucking enjoy yeah. playing a PlayStation. Yeah. You know? And again, yeah. it, it, it comes back to our discussion about, you know, like, you know, are exclusives important? Yeah, for a branding, but not to the commercial success of the console because there's 1,330 hours on, on my fucking console. Take away the 50 hour or 40 hours for, 30 hours for Spider-Man 2 and what, the 15 hours for Horizon? Yeah. Things yeah. aren't th- things aren't too bad in gaming, are they, you know? But look, we could, we could end up having some of these Xbox, exclu- so-called Xbox exclusives. They could fill out the PlayStation yeah, in the second half, well, the uh, second half of twenty twenty four, maybe the big game on PlayStation in October is Indiana Jones. Mm. Although I don't dun, believe, dun, I, dun, I, I, dun, although dun, dis, dis, despite reports, I don't dun, believe dun, that's going out this year either. Dun, 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 dun. We'll find out next week, won't we? Good I just yeah. we, we spoke earlier, and like we said, Xbox can't hold their own water. They've been, and the fact that we've not seen a stitch of gameplay of that, yeah, we've been seeing quote-unquote mm. gameplay of Hellblade 2 for about seven years and it's still not got a day. I, I cannot imagine that they've been sitting on that for that long and it's almost ready. Mm. Next year, maybe. I suppose we'll yeah. see. We'll see next yeah. I mean, at least we'll see gameplay of it next week. Oh, surely. Next week. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, no, they, they will. They've, they've said they that. They'll be a gameplay that. trailer. Yeah. 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 I mean, just, just as, as, a, as a last burning question before we finish up, is there anything releases this way, even out with PlayStation exclusive, you're, you're excited for? Um, apart from, obviously, Baby Steps. Baby Steps looks great. <laughs> That's that will low-key actually be very fun. I'm I actually not involved in that. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah, if, if you play Getting Over I'm It. I'm all over that. Uh, the humour looks fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah, for it's actually, fuck's yeah. sake. For me, I, I'm, yeah. 
Do you know, I, I never played Dragon's Dogma 1, um, so I'm kind of excited to see what that's about. I know that's not far away. Mm. Um, and not that I'm expecting it this year, but my the one of my most anticipated games for sure is Star Wars Outlaws. Yeah. Yeah, again, they yeah. were pretty... They seemed pretty uh, insistent. That was coming ah, this year as well, Ubisoft. At one point, they were saying it was coming before March, the late end of March. That was yeah. sort of leaked in our... Uh, one of our financials that they said they had a big game coming before the end of March but obviously that's not happening no no at best it's October November max for Christmas yeah it'll be a full game yeah yeah Yeah. in terms of like I don't know games I'm looking forward to there's there's nothing that's like obviously for you like you guys like Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth like I'm looking forward to it and I'll play it but it's not something that I'm counting down the days to and that's the thing I think with 2024 I don't have that game that I am, oh, I cannot wait for this one. Like, I'm looking forward to Prince of Persia. I'm going to I'm gonna go and play some of it after I finish recording this. I'm looking forward to the Tomb Raider 1 to 3 remaster because I love Tomb Raider 2, but it's been unplayable for so long that if they have actually touched that up to a serious degree, I will happily play through Tomb Raider 2. Um, there's other stuff, like we said, like about like Rise of the Ronin, uh, if for some reason uh, Indiana Jones was ready, I'm very interested in that because I think Machine Games are brilliant, a brilliant studio. Yeah. Um, so there is stuff, but there's nothing, there's nothing that I'm like, oh, get that in the cat. Like every, I'm a sad, sad bastard, right? Every year I will go <laughs> on and look at some of the release dates and go, I'm going to book a few days off work around that release and that release mm-hmm. so that I can just sit on my hoop and play it. And there's, if I look just now, there's nothing that I'm like, oh, I need to make sure I'm about and free for that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because 2024 is, more than most years, I feel like, a little bit unknown. I know we've got a lot of release dates, but we also, I mean, we did a fantasy draft um, beginning of the week, and we had to pick four games each, and it was getting a bit fucking, a bit hairy towards the end. Yeah. Yourself, look, anything standing out that's not inclusive? <laughs> Actually, sort of the 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 inverse of that. So, lots of things stand out um, to me, but it's it's mostly, with the exception of a couple of big AAA games. So, um, yeah, Outlaws if it comes out, looking forward to that. Um, Hellblade Two, Indiana Jones if it does make this year, would be very excited for. Um, really looking forward to Prince of Persia actually. Um, but apart from that, it's all the some some of these indies. Um, are really really speaking to me so earthblade is is one yeah um because i absolutely adored celeste it's actually one of my favorite games of all time so and it's it's by the same developer um so anything that they make i'm already you know kind of very excited for um pacific drive i'm really looking forward to ultros uh and of one um this stuff that's not on on here as well hades 2 early access for example um so I think there's there's a lot of good stuff. Um and I think, you know, it's on paper it's certainly not as good as last year. Um, but I think it's very difficult for anything to live up to, to last year. I think that was just a you know, kind of a a one off. You get one of those every ten years or so. Hmm. Um yeah. but um yeah, there's there's certainly a lot of good stuff. Not Suicide Squad though. No, not that. <laughs> looks fucking horrendous, by the way, and you'll never well, convince me otherwise. The the NDA is up on that now, so yeah. I actually did play that. So did I. Um, and yeah, it was shit. 
it's just I just I don't like superhero stuff in the first place. So I thought the gameplay and stuff was all right. I didn't have anything against that. Yeah, but it's just, not bad. I don't give a shit about these people. Who the fuck? I don't. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think gameplay wise, it's. I mean, in terms of movement and combat, it's decent. Like, it's not terrible. It's not particularly exceptional, but it's everything else around it, apart from narrative, that it's just not very good at. It's just not interesting at all. Um, so it's a real, it's a real shame Rocksteady are, you know, making this instead of not even a new Batman game, just something that's just something else. Just something else. Um, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see the the critical reception when that yeah, launches. Yeah, I, I don't think bad. it will be kind. Yeah, it's not gonna be. It yeah. won't be kind. I don't think. I think you'll be looking at seventy five, maybe down there. Yeah, I mean there was previews come out recently, and they were not particularly strong at all. So I think they're yeah. right. Which is which is so so strange because usually usually previews, even for stuff that retrospectively comes out and reviews not well, are usually quite positive. Um. You know, I remember the Redfall previews were fairly positive, huh. with the exception of one or two, and look how that turned out. But this this is one of the first AAA games I've seen in that cycle where it, nearly every preview that I read, and I read over 10-ish, was pretty down on it. So it um, doesn't, you know, it doesn't speak well to the game at all. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Good. Well, boys, that's the show. We're done. Anything else? Any other business? You boys good? Uh, all good. All good, yeah. All put good. the world to right, or put the put the gaming world to right again will, for another week. Will 2024 be the year that we see Little Devil inside? God, I forgot about that. <laughs> so did everyone. I think the developers might have forgot as well. It, it was weird, wasn't it? Because they, they showed it off like multiple times. Mm in maybe a one to two year period and then it just went dark yeah will it be the year we see silk song fluffers asks yeah it so. will be it will be i think i think it, i think there's a good chance yeah <laughs> i don't think they can hold on to that much longer it's been this it's getting to the point of taking the piss already so i think it's, it's to... team cherry though so they're just like well, well fuck you guys we'll we'll do it when we're ready yeah <laughs> get life <laughs> i don't care i don't even like the first one so i'm out <laughs> That's our last thought down. <laughs> right at the end, though, you saved it to the end. Absolutely. If it turns off now, it does it <laughs> Luke, uh, sign us off with your with your socials, and then you can get the hell out of here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, you can find me at LukeSteel90 on Twitter slash X. Fab. And Craig, take it away. Plug the main podcast. You can find me at Pure Dead Gaming on Twitter slash X and on this feed on in various capacities and on YouTube, everything Pure Dead Gaming, puredeadgaming.com, just go there. I'll be kicking about yeah. working in the shadows. <laughs> Nothing new there. Nothing new there. <laughs> Good, good gentlemen. Thank you very much. Most appreciated of your time today slash tonight. And everyone for listening, thank you very much. As usual, you'll get this fortnightly. And like Craig said, you've got Pure Dead Gaming, the main podcast, every Friday now, 9am, and this one fortnightly. And on that, thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye.
Tan, <laughs> tan,